Welcome to Newcastle Libraries Real. Newcastle Libraries can be accessed from wherever you live with the Newcastle Library app. Put borrowing at your fingertips. Welcome to Newcastle's first storytellers. I'd like to say Mirambina, Kawiti, Bachi, Antin, Telawala, Naranga, Wajijuku, Kuri Guris, Maris, and Mulumbimba. So I said, welcome friends, come here, all of you sit down and listen as we speak the truth about Aboriginal people here in this place in Newcastle. Ray, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're working on at the moment? Yeah, so currently I am working on a a photography, a collection of photography that I've been taking over in Newcastle from the last uh, couple of months now. Started off my little business which is called Straight Stick Photography and yeah, it's just been a bit of a way for me to capture some of the beautiful spots of Newcastle and, you know, some of the wonderful images. And creatively, it's just given me something to um, put my energy into. And, yeah, now it's been really good. Sounds fantastic. There's some beautiful places in Newcastle too. Yeah, so I've been here for next month. I'll actually be 40. So uh, born and raised here in Newcastle, spent 40 years. And, yeah, it's, you know, you, you come in and you see so many different changes happening to the place and new buildings coming up and... Yeah, no, I've had the opportunity to go to many other places around Australia and and around the world and, yeah, Newcastle's still a spot for me. Yeah, fantastic. So what is it? Why why is Newcastle a great place to live? I really believe it's the people. Um, There's something about Novocastrians and, and the crew from Newcastle uh, they seem to they seem to operate at a pretty a smooth pace. You know, we're not as fast as Sydney, and you know, we're not as laid back as, as some of the country towns that border bordering us. But yeah, there's a real sense of um, pride in the in the community, and I think that comes back from I guess my understanding of Newcastle in the early days, especially the 80s, was you know very much a working class community. I lived pretty much on top of BHP as a child, so I think that real sense of mateship and a bit of proudness and pride in just being from Newcastle. Mm. Do you have a favourite place where you get your inspiration from for your photography? Uh, yeah, I, one of the one of the biggest spots that I like around Newcastle has always been Blackbutt Reserve uh, and Richley Reserve. So we're constantly out and about there, me and my three daughters. Um, it's good to get them out and about into into nature and into the environment. But it's just you know it's one of them places where you you can unfind new treasures every time you you go out and explore. Uh, I recently I've I've had a few um, a few looks at Google Maps and it really is one of the last um, little pockets of bush in here in Newcastle. You know it's only five minutes from the cbd and yeah it just has so many wonderful um imagery within that so you know there's the birds the wildlife but also you know the different contrasts of the trees and the leaves and it's one of the places where i go it's nice and quiet i can just whip out the camera and you know just you know lay still and just get them shots as they pass me by can you share a little bit about cultural stories or traditional sites that you feel most connected to yeah, well, there's a number of really important sites here and around uh, the Newcastle area and surrounding communities. Uh, I think Mount Sugarloaf's always been a, a spot that I've, I've kind of held as a, a really high regard in that sacred sense. A lot of communities from around Australia, they all have these stories of the large mountains and those being places of, 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 of extreme importance. So, yeah, I like, to, um, I like to get up the top of Mount Sugarloaf uh, as much as I can. Uh, I really love that as a vo- viewpoint. Uh, if you look south, you can see down to uh, over the Lake Macquarie area into Belmont. If you look uh, north, you can see the beautiful sand dunes of the Warramai people. And if you also look out west, you can start seeing out to the Hunter Valley. And once I'm up there, I can actually start to put myself in the, in the um, I can't say shoes because they weren't actually wearing shoes back in those days. But 
you know, the traditional movement of, of um, the people in and around Mount Sugarloaf and, you know, you can see, okay, that's where Wanneroo would have been coming down and that's where the communication with Waramai and, and, and Darkinjun and Butterbar would have been. So, yeah, Mount Sugarloaf's always that one spot where it just provides me with a, a bird's eye view of, of Newcastle and surrounding areas. Thanks for being part of our story and listening to Newcastle's first storytellers. Always was. Always will be. Find more information about our Aboriginal history via the Newcastle Library History Collection. What would you say has been one of the most defining moments in your life? Definitely would have to say a defining moment in my life was um, having my three children. Uh, I have three daughters, as I mentioned before, and yeah, there's something that happens um, which is very defining. You know, I spoke to a lot of people uh, before my first child was born and I was a little bit nervous. I was unsure, you know, would I be a good dad or could I be a dad? And a lot of people just said, look, mate, you don't need to worry about it now because, you know, the minute she's here, everything's going to click for you. And that's 110% true. The minute I held her in my arms, it was like, yep, this is what I was meant to do. And I couldn't actually remember life without them or having them in my in my world so yeah a, a defining moment was definitely when I became a father a few other defining moments I think from a young age I was kind of I was steered into a direction of in a sense I wouldn't say kind of so much leadership but I was I was I was pushed into an area where I had to be proactive and I had to be I had to be busy with what I'd done uh, both my grandparents uh, were, were quite active within the community. Uh, my grandfather was a, a great worker. He worked with Newcastle City Council for over 30 years, uh, very proactive in the early movements of Aboriginal people here in um, the Newcastle area. Uh, my grandmother was very staunch in the area of Aboriginal health, and both my parents have always been active members of the community. So I think a defining moment for me would have been, uh, I, I think, back to around 1988, the bicentennial year, and that was kind of the first time I understood, I guess, what my place as an Aboriginal um, person was in the wider sense of what Australia was. Prior to that, I just thought, you know, I was Aussie, Aussie, Aussie like the rest of the people. But yeah, it was it was through that conversations and that movement, what happened in around the uh, 88 Bicentennial that I, I realised that, hey, I may be a little bit different. What would you like to be doing in the future? Looking into my future, I would like stability. Uh, I'd like to be able to provide my family with uh, everything that they need and not to want for anything. Not to be overly greedy, but yeah, to be comfortable financially would be, uh, would be a burden uh, that I didn't have to deal with. Uh, but I'd also like to be working in a space where I could uh, do stuff which is which is a hobby and my passion. So that's where the um, the little side hustle with my photography and videography has taken off. So I, I operate straight stick in the evenings and, and on the weekends because I am still working full-time at the Newcastle University. But yeah, ideally I'd love to be able to break away from full-time work, uh, working for the man and to actually set up, a, um, set up a business where I can do what I love to do, provide opportunities for other Aboriginal people in the community and also um, I guess leave a bit of a legacy for my daughters to follow into as well and you know that could be around a, um, a production house uh, I'd, I'd love to have a space where I could have exhibitions of my works and and other artists works but another thing that I'm also looking at as well is um, looking at future uh, extra studies I've bounced around from job to job for a long time and uh, I just look at um, yeah some of the opportunities that are now available at the University of Newcastle, in, partic- in particular Wallatooka, and that's something that I've kind of put on the next five-year plan is um, actually to complete and do some more study. Thanks for listening to Newcastle's first storytellers. Always was, always will be. Access these stories and more from Newcastle Library's website or app. This year's theme for NADOC Week 
is, always was and always will be. What does that theme mean to you? Uh, the theme always was and always will be Aboriginal land. It's it's something that I, I, I probably would say I've heard probably over the last five or six years, uh, and it's it's come a bit of a catch a bit of a catch cry, and uh, I I enjoy it because what it's what it's doing is it's actually um, it's putting an idea into a trendy way of people saying it. So it's sort of it's one of them little catch uh, catchphrases that gets caught in people's heads. So you know it always was, always will be. Uh, but I remember NADOC when they didn't have a theme. You know, I remember NADOC when we had no support from community. Uh, I marched up and down these streets during the early 80s as a a young boy and I remember non-Indigenous people, you know, sticking their heads out of their businesses or out of their shops and actually shaking their heads at us or, you know, they're just looking at us, I wouldn't say in disgust, but looking at us with, you know, like, what are you doing and why are you doing that? And, you know, over the years we've we've actually started to grow. We've gone from small numbers of people protesting and, and marching through the streets uh, and now, you know, we I think two and a half, two years ago, we had a NADOC here in Newcastle, and we estimated there was around six thousand people attended the event. Yeah, so for me, like I said, it's good that we have these themes, which we can then kind of, um, you know, relate what the the topic of the conversation is going to be and what the look of the um, the NADOC festival is going to be. But I also I do remember a time when it, it wasn't the um, it wasn't the popular thing to be doing to actually be out protesting, and you know, there was a lot of Indigenous people who weren't there in the early days marching along. Uh, but you know, we do see them now so it's good that they have um you know they've found that strength to be able to get out and to you know take to the streets but yeah for me you know i've i think i've always known that it's always been aboriginal land you know it's conversations that we've had across my dinner table from a young child but yeah it's interesting you know we're in a covid um period at the moment so nadoc's definitely been uh, chucked on its head but we'll see what comes of um the nadoc in november when we do get to do it and yeah we'll see what type of support we have out in the community through that week fantastic yeah thank you ray um so NADOC week's been moved to November this year, so a lot of us that are planning things have had to move things back. So, yeah, but I've um, just got one final question for you, and it's not on the agenda, but I'm sure you'll be able to answer it. And um, at the moment, I'm reading Archie Roach's story, which I find absolutely incredible and inspiring and amazing in all ways. Have you got any books that you've read or can recommend that you think really stand out for you in terms of, um, you know, telling Australians about Aboriginal people and their story. Yeah, I'll I'll have to yeah I've got to pick my head about that. So some of the I haven't I'd be honest I haven't read many books in recent years. I, I'm more of a like I like the movies and and I actually do like to listen to a lot of podcasts and but one of the one of the main books that I have um, read and I always seem to go back to is it's not actually an uh, Aboriginal Indigenous person but it was a Nelson Mandela book. I think un, unearthing you know. Uh, Nelson's struggles and not just him but the people that were around him you know I kind of always knew of what his um, position in the world was and you know he's always been the visual image of of Nelson Mandela always to me screamed out freedom and power and you know unity but reading through his books and reading you know some of the things that he he was actually involved in and there was lots of stuff that you know it probably wasn't that fairy tale picture of what you know we've seen this man to be. Uh, but when I when I started reading through the, his books and, you know, reading his resilience to the apartheid and to the um, the amount of crap that he was put through, that's when I could start seeing some similarities here with, within our own peoples as well. So, you know, there's there's an aggression and an anger which uh, can sometimes blind people. Uh, and, you know, we've recently we've had the Black Lives Movement and the Matters and the protesters here in Newcastle. And 
I just find it um I find there's so much more power in in silence and I think I got a lot of that from you know reading reading through uh, Nelson Mandela a couple of other books that I, I really do enjoy um, I believe you've had um, Professor John Maynard here on the podcast recently uh, he's got a wonderful book um, entitled Whose Traditional Land Is It and that talks about the land of the Pumbalung people uh, who were on the Hexham and the um, the wetlands at the back of Hexham in the Callaghan area it's really designed to have people from the University of Newcastle understand okay what was actually happening underneath these bricks and these tiles so but yeah as i said i probably haven't read as many books as i probably would would like and i know if i did have time i could probably go back through the memory and find a few that um that have uh had, had an impact and a turning point in my life but one thing i will say before i go is that we all should read more and I know it's not book week this week, it's NAIDOC week coming up, but yeah, no, we all need to read more, we all need to educate ourselves more and don't rely on the internet and don't re- rely on Facebook for your facts. Get out, make sure you find that information, research it yourself and then, yeah, make your own opinions about, you know, some of these major issues which are affecting us uh, in 2020. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ray. Thanks for being with us. No, my pleasure. You have a great week. Thanks for listening to Newcastle's First Storytellers. Always was, always will be. If you enjoyed our story, be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen. This has been a Newcastle Library's Real Production.